in all seriousness, I wasn't entirely sure how I was meant to get to Iceland, or even what I was supposed to do when I got there. How does someone with no driver's license make it out into the wilderness? Or explain to the locals that you urgently need to get out to one of their most active volcanoes with no real reason other than a strong, strong instinct that magnetised your gut, hummed against your brain and told you to just GO! GO! Without explanation, or reason, I was here now. Eyjafjata Jökull stood before me, looming, vast and old. I had no idea what I expected to happen next, but for some reason I wasn't overly surprised when the mountain exploded. A monstrous detonation, a boom so large I felt the sound hit my skin, vibrating off the earth, so loud it surely would have been heard across the ocean. Lava squirted and thrashed, a luminous orange ocean glowing with rage as the magma reveled like the sea in storm. A tumultuous tantrum, ashen rocks flung forth from the great crater in reckless abandon as the great earth bellowed before me. And then he rose. From the volcano's mouth he stood, taller than the volcano itself. He had been resting beneath the earth's crust, nourishing the plant life, providing the people with heat and electricity for thousands of years since Ragnarok. He had slept deeply. The old bards were very much mistaken. The old ones had not killed each other in that last battle, they'd only gotten tired. And now? Now they were awake. Drawing himself up to his full height, Serta observed his surroundings for a moment, his flaming flesh flickering in the Nordic breeze. He turned, Despite his great size, he didn't seem to need to scan the horizon for me. His burning eyes were upon me and he spoke, his voice low and crackling like the flames that engulfed him. Where is, where is, where is the other? There was meant to be two of us. I didn't know where the other one was. I don't know, I replied. I'm sure they'll be along in a minute. We do not have the time. Serta is supposed to be thousands of years old. What concept does he have of time? Then again, I suppose I'd be anxious to get moving if I'd been under the Earth's crust for that long. We will find her later. He knelt down slowly, holding out a hand that must have been the size of a football field. I hesitated for the first time on this journey. Of course I did. His hand is on fire. His whole body is on fire. Of course I was wary. But somehow I just knew that it wouldn't hurt me. So on I clambered. There was no searing pain, an agonising feeling of regret as my skin burned and mangled, just a gentle warmth. Not too hot. I suppose it... You have for a long time. I was born to them, I told him. Honestly, I'm a bit surprised about uh, all of this. The guardian of Muspelheim seemed to ponder this for a second before speaking again. But you are 
He began to walk, large strides that must have been miles upon miles long, shaking the ground with each step. I vaguely wondered what the people of Iceland must be thinking at this current moment, or what the volcanologists of the world would do if they realised Eyjafjallajökull had been home to an ancient fire giant this whole time. Uh, actually, I've no idea. I just, I admitted, I just felt this pull, like this urge to come here. I didn't really know what to expect, if I'm honest. The world is under threat. All the worlds are under threat. Our truth is under threat. That's unfortunate, I remarked, fearing some sort of multi-dimensional invasion. Monsters, aliens, demons, something like the ones I'd seen in Marvel movies. I mean, it's not a new concept, but it is pretty... Not good. Uh, what is it that's woken you up, though? Why now? The one they call Donald Trump. Wait, what? Hmm? Donald Trump? Donald Dump? Ding Dong Trumpet? Dung Pile Dumpf? Not quite sure I understand, I said. I mean, Donald Trump's a vicious bastard and a stupid prick to boot, but we've had vicious bastards and stupid pricks in the world before. Is this really the one we're worth waking up for? We have tolerated human leaders before, Surtur explained. But he will bring more death and destruction than all those who came before. He has threatened all the worlds. He will desecrate our lands. Humanity will tear itself apart, and the ash tree with it. How? I asked. I know he wants to wage possibly nuclear war, but. He cares only for his own greed. He will destroy. It has been I see, I muttered, disappointed but unsurprised. So, uh, so, so what am I here for then? You are our ambassador. You have lived among humans. You know their way. Believe me, I think the way of most humans differs vastly from that of Donald Trump and his ilk. But what do you need an ambassador for anyway? You're intimidating enough on your own. Look at you! Crossing the Atlantic Ocean without a care! It's true, the flames on his legs hissed and seethed, but his fire did not go out. He simply strode on, heading dead west. We would like to try and reason with humans first. We kept them out of one great battle. We would prefer not to start another. That seemed fair, 
waging bets on giants and gods and legions of mythical creatures against humanity, my bets were on the former. So we're just gonna head for the White House then? Yes. yes. Alrighty then. Serta was so tall that if there was any panic from below about a fire giant striding across the land, I did not hear it. Perhaps that was just as well. I peered over Serta's fingers downwards. There it was, the size of a small Lego brick. The White House. He stopped and knelt. Donald Trump, he called. Bring your men and face me. Is this, is this where you need me? I asked. Yes, he replied. You may need to sit on my shoulder. I may need my hands. He brought his hand into position and I sat obediently. We waited. Nothing. Then I will come to you. Serta rumbled, picking the roof off the White House as if it were the unwanted pickle on a big back. Rumbles, horns, stomps from behind me, and I looked over my shoulder, gasping at what I saw. Jotun, Einayar, trolls, giant, oversized wolves, colossal eels, and that was only what I could see. The gods will arrive later, Serta told me quietly before turning his attention to the tiny men in the now roofless White House. Men threaten the world, he stated. You men threaten all worlds. Silence. And then Donald Trump spoke up and sealed everyone's death warrant. We have to, the orange lump of skin said. They're laughing at us. Look at them. We can't be the stupid country anymore. Your countries are irrelevant, Serta replied. Your ways, your wars, they are poisoning the earth. The tree is dying. Oh, I get it, Trump laughed. He is one of those global warming losers. The concept of global warming was created by the Chinese in order to make US manufacturing non-competitive. Are you from China? Did the Chinese send you? Well, you can go home and you can tell China that I'm not buying their fake news. That's what you are, sir. Fake, fake news. I'm a businessman. I know what to say to land a deal. And no one does deals better than I do, believe me. Who is the one in charge? Of the protection of this world. Uh, the head of environmental protection agency is a guy called Scott Pruitt, if that helps, I said. If we can get Trump's men to turn on him, Trump's powerless. There'll be no need for bloodshed. 
Serta pondered. Who is the one named Scott Pruitt? Trump and his men quickly moved away, leaving Scott Pruitt alone and exposed. Serta leaned down and plucked Pruitt from the ground, laying him flat on his hand and brought him to eye level. Are you the one in charge of protecting the natural world? I, uh, I, uh, Pruitt scrambled up. I'm the head of EPA, yes. This world is under threat. Well, scientists continue to disagree about the degrees of an, an extent of global warming and its connection to the actions of mankind, Pruitt stammered. It is not for debate. The truth is dying. Pruitt, like all of his comrades, clearly don't like to be told that he's wrong. He drew himself up to his full height and opened his mouth before he was cut off by Serta again. We will not act immediately. We will give him one chance to pledge yourself to the healing and stewardship of Midgard before we punish him and your people. Commotion from the group of tiny men below, and I felt myself shocked for a moment. Here they were, faced with gods and monsters of all, beings that could reduce them to a smear across the landscape without a second's thought, and their arrogance still knew no bounds. Now you listen here, Pruitt shouted. I will not be subject to this crooked, Liberal intimidation. You can't just stride in here, bearing arms, flames, with your gang of vigilante thugs, and threaten our way of life. Terrorists. That's what you are. Terrorists. Pushing your anti-fossil fuel agenda. The sound of Scott Pruitt's dying screams as he slowly burned to death, crushed in Serta's blazing fist, was... Less impressive than I thought it would be, but I would remember it nonetheless. Along with the smell of roasted flesh as his mangled, charred corpse dripped to the floor of the White House, gunfire from the Americans suddenly became apparent and roars of disapproval from the old ones as they reared, ready for battle. Serta turned sharply to face the ones responsible for the bullets and jerked me back. I was losing balance. Fuck! Falling backwards! Shit! 